Well, hello, and welcome back to another great edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and I got some skelly skelly stuff for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, ma'am. How the heck is everybody doing? Hope you had a great week of work. Hope everything's been going great for you. Whatever you're doing. Oh, sorry I'm late again today, but I'm here this morning to record for you guys. This is Ghost Stories Told from the South, and I'm your host, Stephen Booth. Stephen Le Booth. So, yeah, man. Glad y'all are here. Just want to say thank you for the support. YouTube page just keeps growing. Uh, go check it out. Go check us out on Spotify. And I heard yesterday, I got an announcement to make. Um, I heard yesterday that um, Google Play is uh, going to be no more uh, after. I can't remember when they're shutting everything down. So if you're hearing this podcast on Google Play, you're going to have to find another source too. But. I'm on Spotify, I got the YouTube channel, uh, I'm pretty much on any platform out there you can find us on. So just go look me up if you uh, are on Google Play listening to me, I hear they're going to shut her down. So, that's alrighty. Well, alright, other than that, then there's nothing really more. Like I said, I got the YouTube page caught up. It's looking good. Getting a lot of members and uh, on uh, Spotify, so. But guys, help me reach a goal on the YouTube channel. Help me get up to 500 followers. Right now, I think I'm around 60. Help me get to, uh, no, I'll take that back. I'm going to start out small. <laughs> help me get to 100 uh, YouTube viewers. And help me get about uh, up to two or 300 on Spotify. Right now, I'm at 100 on Spotify. So, let's just go up another 100, guys. Tell your friends about it. I hope you liked it, show. Uh, I know I say leave comments. And you do. Y'all do. Whether they're good or bad. You know, so. And like I said, if I'm misleading anybody out here thinking I don't believe in that stuff, I do. So. I just had some comments one day of somebody saying, oh, you're hopeless. If you don't believe, then why? And I'm like, uh, I just don't understand why people like to go out of their way to comment negativity these days. But if you're going to put yourself out there like I am, you got to learn to take it. So, But anyways, leave some good comments for, you, for me. I hope you guys like the show. I like doing it for you guys. I would really start liking some feedback from you guys. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. <coughs> Sound-wise, everything. And if there's a certain place you want me to cover, or a story you've been through, or a haunted situation you've been through, let me know. I'll talk about it on the show, guys. Getting uh, close to doing our 400th or 200th episode, guys. And I'm pumped. Really pumped, man. So, tell your friends about it. Keep letting this show grow. want to thank you around the world for listening. Canada, Germany, uh, Hess, I think it is, that listens to us a lot. Thank you very much. Spain, New Zealand, 
the UK, Ireland, Scotland, um, Russia. Um, if I'm leaving anybody out, I'm sorry. But yeah, I just want to say thanks to everybody. All right, I got a good show for you today. I got four stories that are pretty good, pretty juicy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know the routine, guys. It's story time. So get you a nice warm blankie. Cozy up by the fire. Get you some hot coffee. All right. Get you some hot cocoa. Whatever you prefer. And get ready for some skitter skitter stories. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, our first story of today brings us to Nashville, Tennessee, so we can go over the Gaylord Opryland Resort. I gotta switch my glasses real quick. I gotta put my bifocals on. Okay. Did you know the land that the hotel stands on was owned by the McCoff or McVox? There we go. McVox, a prominent Nashville family. The matriot, Mrs. McVox, roams the hotel dressed in an all black. That's a change. She's not a lady in white. Anyways, she's dressed in all black, giving an unsocialty 3 a.m. wake-up calls. So apparently she likes to wake everybody up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And the Gayland Hotel, uh, the, the Gaylord Opry Resort and Convention Center is among the 30th, 30 largest hotels in the world. The Ghost of Gaylord Opryland Resort. For a ferry, for a fairly new construction, this hotel sure has a lot of spirits. Quick inter- internet search will unearth some of the many encounters guests guests have had. Excuse me, with the lady in black, as well as other spectators that can quite that can quietly be identified. The overwhelming number of people running into ghosts makes the hotel a go-to for those looking to have a guaranteed paranormal experience. Now, we're going to talk about the Opryland's Lady in Black. Perhaps the most famous ghost to call the Opryland home is the Lady in Black. She is believed to be the same woman that haunts the nearby Two Rivers Mansion. Oh, crap. And I'm going to be covering that story next. According to legend, the mysterious woman is Mrs. Mekavok, whose family only land in the ho- ho- that the hotel stands on. As it turns out, the McVoks owned 1,100 acres of land in Nashville. So it's no surprise that a large portion of the city was built on their property. As the name suggests, the apparition wears a full black 
uh, Antebell-style gown. She has been spotted throughout the hotel, in rooms, in the halls, at the top of different stairwells. This lady is everywhere. Resort employees, especially those who worked there during the 90s, have have detailed their their spine-chilling experiences after coming face-to-face with a long-deceased woman and there, are plenty, they, and there are plenty of tales to tell. One man remembers his time at Opryland back in the back in the day. The management of the management, or he managed a store. Yeah, he managed a store that remained open until the until midnight, much later than most of the other uh, establishments. So he kept his store open till midnight. Normally, he left around 2 a.m. after stocking and finishing up paperwork for the night. On one particular night, he locked up as he was walking out and saw the blurred image of a woman atop of the staircase. The woman was dressed in what he described as a customary during the Civil War era. Aware this was an apparition, yet wanting to remain calm, he said, Good evening, ma'am, and she disappeared. He was wondering what happened that night and why she showed herself to him ever since. Now we're going to talk about the lady in black's uh, wake-up calls. One woman who stayed at the hotel, which was nine years old, or she was nine years old, recalls waking up at precisely 3 a.m. every night. She swore She swore that upon opening her eyes, she saw the lady in black standing over her, watching her sleep. She described being scared. However, she didn't feel threatened. Others claim to have experienced something similar, waking up in the middle of the night, they remember being uh, startled out of their slumber after hearing a woman whisper in their ears. Ooh, that's creepy. That would definitely make me crap on my pants. Especially being woke up out of your sleep like that. And... Uh, the next little story we're going to talk about is uh, from black to red. Another former employee hired in 1995 reared counts how during orientation he was told about the lady in black and how she sometimes changed into a red getup. He said that one night he entered the elevator and found a group of people inside, visibly freaking out over something they just seen. Eventually, the group told the employee that when they went into the elevator, there was a woman inside. They nervously added that soon as the elevator doors shut, she disappeared. The employee jokingly asked, was she wearing red? Imagine his surprise when the group uh, replied, yes. But this antebellum arrow woman is not the only spectacle believed to walk the halls in the afterlife there. 
and other four more manifestations roam the hotel. Here's a story about the other ghost. Other paranormal accounts include hearing someone run on the roof, especially from guests who are staying at staying on the top floor. Guests have also reported feeling an, un, an unbearable weight on top of them and something breathing down on their neck while they sleep. <coughs> See, F that, man. One woman in particular was so shaken up by this, she decided to wake her husband up. He, of course, dismissed the situation and blamed the spicy food that they had eaten that evening. You know, that's crazy. That's what a lot of people back in the day would blame stuff for. Oh, it's the spicy food I eat. Yeah, yeah. On a playful note, the ghost they call the Opryland Resort home. On a playful note, the ghosts that call the Opryland home are often to blame for anything that goes wrong during daily operations. If you bear us warm... If your beer is warm, it's likely because Miss McGuffock unplugged the cooler. Ah, a little prankster. The Opryland, the Opryland Resort was built as a response to the demand for the luxury accommodations in Nashville. Since the 1920s, the, ra the radio broadcast known as the Grand Ole Opry had been making country music famous. And every singer and songwriter writer of the genre wanted to be a part of part of it. Given this show's success, developers developers dreamed up a place for country music fans and other families to let their hair down. And what better place to do that than a theme park? They go to work in the uh, 70s. Opryland USA opened its gates right next to the Grand Old Opry House. The theme park and the radio show was an attraction, or was an attraction that attracted tourists from all over the country to the city. So the next obvious step was to build a hotel for them to stay in. And thus, in 1977, the Opryland Resort was born. Throughout the years, the hotel has undergone significant expansions and renovations, even refurbishing itself as the Grand the Gray uh, Lord Opryland Resort and Convention Center. Today, vast resort features, convention centers, and water park and ballrooms are indoor in an indoor river in an Antebell style mansion restaurant and much more. Excuse me. The hotel suffered significant water damage in May of 2010 after water from the nearby Cumberland River rose and flooded the building. Guests guests were evacuated with some excuse me, parts of the hotel buried under 10 feet of water. After extensive renovations, the hotel reopened later the same year. So, if you're ever around Nashville and you want to go check that place out, go check it for old Steve. Tell me how it is. Okay. Let's do the next story. All right. Our next story is the Two Rivers Mansion. 
Seems like we just talked about this. Did you know the mansion and its surrounding property are believed to be haunted by the ghost of deceased Native Americans, Civil War soldiers, and the McAvox family members? During the American Civil War that lasted from 1861 to 1865, the land was used Notorious for being... Notorious for making people uneasy and darting by an incredible speed and disappearing as soon as she is approached. The Ghost of the Haunted Two Rivers Mansion In recent years, the mansion was used as a venue giving the employees work, uh, giving the employees working the events quite a show. After they have locked up for the night, some claim that they have seen lights flickering and bright orbs floating inside the house. When staff is cleaning up, they, they can sometimes hear disembodied footsteps approaching and a crowd laughing even though all the guests have left for the night. Apparently, doors seem to unlock and open by themselves. When the fact that they... Creek further enchanting the spook factor into into that the items that disappear and ripper and reappear in a completely different area and you have a haunted and you have a haunted house a positive note the hauntings in the house are certainly creepy but do not uh Malavant, it would seem as if lingering specters of the McGovox are just enjoying the afterlife in their home, unaware that they are scaring others half to death. Okay, here's the lady in black. <clears throat> now, this is crazy. I've never covered a story where one story has the lady in black, and then the next place has the same story but it's all built on the same property lady in black plenty of haunted locations in their own plenty of haunted locations have their own lady in black and the two rivers mansion is no exception this dark shadow figure has been seen gliding inside mansions as well as zooming across the golf the golf course Many believe that the so-called lady is no lady at all, but rather a dark human-like manifestation, of course, placed by Native Americans. After all, we did take the land and force them to retreat to reservations. You see the massive manor as all glitz and glamour until we dig into its surrounding soil. There will... There we will find the most common cause for a haunted house, an Indian burial ground, and one thing it's for sure, no one should ever build upon 
one of these scariest sights. These spirits, they're not, they're, uh, these spirits there do not rest, they rise. Sure, Indian burial, burial grounds are, mysterial, are, myst, are mystical, but their domination is far-fetched. There are haunted, haunted areas just like any other graveyard. Just note the hotbed for evil they have been painted out to be. Aside from... Aside from being a land occupied by the natives during the American Civil War, the lack of space in existing cemeteries forced both sides to find their own places to bury the casualties. With some large acreage, the Magavox probably became one obvious choice due to the massive amount of burials and deaths in, the, in battle. Some believe that the lady in black is not just one person, but instead multiple deceased soldiers manifesting as a pain-stricken soul. Hence the color. What is most likely, however, is the lady in black is simply the first owner, Miss Megavok, unaware that she is dead. This would explain why she is seen roaming both the home and the nearby golf course. The missus of the house was accustomed to being or to making daily rounds throughout the property, checking the stables and the barns and ensuring everything was running smoothly. Could she be stuck in a loop, living day by day unaware of her death? When it comes to, pers uh, to paranormal activity at Two Rivers, nothing tops the spine-chilling occurrence at the golf course. It's not all fun and games here. A large part of the burial ground already mentioned sites right under the Two Rivers golf course. If you want to hear disembodied footsteps and unexplained voices, this is the place to go. The, activ <clears throat> the activity here is so in intense that the madness happens even in broad daylight. This is where people often see the famous lady in black and get the feeling that they are being watched even when no one is around. Like when any haunted attract like with any haunted attraction, there's value in learning the history of the location. This helps us further understand why it's why or understand who is haunting it and why. <coughs> How do you look trick? One of the last Annabellum Homes, built in this city, the Two Rivers Mansion, was constructed in 1859 by David H. McAvoc and his new bride, William Willie Elizabeth Harding. Why would you name your fucking son William? That's weird. Willie. Willie Elizabeth. As David's... David, uh, 
as David purchased surrounding properties. Eventually, his plantation came to be a total of 1,100 acres. It has been estimated that over 50 buildings, such as the stables, barns, and sheds once stood on the property. David and Elizabeth's son, Frank, inherited the uh, Italianate-style home in the 1890s. After the financial panic of 1893, Frank almost went bankrupt. To make sure he did not lose the property, he passed it on to his only son, Spence, who leased it while working as a shoe, uh, as a shoe salesman. In 1928, Spence married Mary Louis Bra uh, Bransford, and the couple made some notable changes to the structure. They added a plumbing system and electricity for the comfort, but only remained in the house for four years. After the couple moved to the Marilos, Ten moved to Marilos, Tennessee, the mansion was in the hands of the caretaker. Two decades later, in 1958, widowed Mary Lewis returned to the house, claiming living there was the happiest time of her life. She remained at Two Rivers until her death in 1965, the last member of the family to ever live in the home. After her passing, the massive estate was acquired by the Metropolitan Government of Nashville in Davison County which preserved 14 acres of the historic site and transformed the rest into schools, golf courses, water parks, and many other attractions. Maybe that's why the ghosts are pissed, because you did all that to the land. Did you ever think of that? All right, guys. Let's get ready for our next story. All right, our next story is the Prescombe County Cemetery. You are unable to visit the cemetery today. However, you can visit where it was once located. You can visit this in a little different way through, through a poltergeist. The graveyard was built before 1970 and was a great place to be laid to rest. However, since then, it has become something out of a horror movie. You can find this land at the end of Wake Up, Walk Up Road. The road is located in Pregram, which is, which is very close to Tennessee. They were practically joined together. However, you must beware of the story behind the cemetery. It might just... It might just chill your bones. The Pregram Family Cemetery was uh, was setting in was setting in di in disarray until the 1970s. It was in the 1970s that it began to change. A group of people purchased the land. They had decided to hire developers to raise to raise land. They raised. They raised a stretch of land that was located along the river. This was Harpeth River that can be found in Pregram, Tennessee. This land included the Pregram Family Cemetery. 
the de- de- the developers took proper precautions and removed those buried in the cemetery. <clears throat> they then decided to build homes on concrete slabs. They had many materials that were used. Some of the dirt that was removed from the area was sold all over the country. There were other materials sold as well. Now, see, I wonder with them selling the soil to different places around the United States, I wonder if that soil is, like, haunted. Hmm. However, five short years later, the Harpeth River had risen 30 feet during the during its flood. A coffin appeared. The coffin had the remains of Mrs. Carey Pregram named Archie Carey, or Carey, was a postmistress of the town. In fact, she was the first postmistress of the town. It was uh, it was assumed that she was buried. However, was she the only one who was not properly removed? So, just like any other big companies come in and buy property, and if there's a cemetery on it, they're lazy. They just move the tombstones and don't move the fucking bodies. During this time, the news was on the spot. They wanted to cover the story of the woman who had surfaced during the flood. It was not something that you see every day. Plus, it was then that the town had discovered that the developers who were doing the project did not take good care of the dead that were located in the cemetery. Plus, the dirt that was excavated was sold throughout the town. This means that the cemetery grounds are spread all over the all over the county. Oh my God! Despite these issues, the developers were allowed to continue building after after this. However, they had a large fines due to their mistake. Their fines were over fifty thousand dollars during this uh, during this new building. They had built a new town hall. The new town hall was called Harborth. Heaven. Harpeth Heaven. Then again, in 2010, another flood occurred in the same area. Once again, Miss Carrie's coffin had arisen. She had to be reburied again. People referred to her as her reburial as being pushed back into the ground. She was buried right where she was found. She was buried in the yard, first house in the uh, subdivision. She is now laid to rest behind a fence. However, it's not peaceful. Mm, However, it is not peaceful laid to rest. Many people refer to Miss Carey as a poor woman who could not uh, rest in peace. While Mrs. Carey is the only grave that popped up, it is suspected that there are several tombstones and coffins below the cemetery. The cemetery, the there are several more tombs and coffins below the uh, concrete slabs of for the houses. Now we're going to talk about the paranormal. Paranormal. Ever since Miss Carey had been pushed back into the ground. There have been a lot of mystery, mysterious things happen. 
not just from the 1910 flood, but the 1975 flood as well. The town that was built along the river, the previous burial site, was experienced a lot of issues. The town, a lot of issues. The town is beautiful. However, nothing seems to work properly. <coughs> it seems as if the little town is unable to work alone. It always needs some help from outsiders. The town is con is considered incompetent without other without the help of others. The town is very troubled. The first thing that happened is the sewer that is installed never seems to work properly. Plus the, plus the supermarket that was built mysteriously burnt down. Another thing is that there is a lot of unusual floodings that occurs in the area. Some homes were built to resist flooding that they flooding but they would still flood. Areas that should not flood would not normally be able to flood have flooded. We are not just talking about an inches an inch of water. We are talking about homes that shouldn't be flooded filled with water. Another weird thing is fires. Remember how we mentioned the supermarket mysteriously burned down? Well, that isn't the only incident where fires are reported. Many fires are many fires occur randomly when these figures are put out completely. They have no chance of restarting. The coals are cold and the fires are out. However, in this area, fires seem to reignite. It is something that can be explained, or that cannot be explained. An area that has been completely executed regains with ease. There are some things that simply cannot be explained. Okay, here's some first-hand stories. People who have visited the area have something to say. One person that is very eerie going to this area. It is a weird feeling feeling when you're in the county. People believe that the whole county is haunted due to the issues of the soil all over. The soil of the cemetery was sowed to be used most of the in most of the county. That is why it's believed to be haunted. Another person's estate that is there is is some evil in the area in Another person, another person's estate that there is some evil in the area, that there is some hauntings too. However, another person states the area is possessed or distressed, and it's a very scary place to be. One person who lived on the property states that there are still tombstones in the yards of some of the houses. From the years that the man lived there from eighteen from nineteen eighty until nineteen eighty eight, Carrie's health Carrie's Carrie Heath's headstone was in his yard. It was never removed. Another person who lived there stated these stated that several tombstones were found along the river and there were also weird things happening inside their homes. One of the weird things that happened was when a couple was laying in bed, 
for the night reading. They they had their bedroom door closed and there was a voice on the other side. The voice said, well, you believe you got it bad? This couple both heard the voice in the sentence. They stated it sounded like someone who was in their 30s and it was a man. After this, the couple searched all the rooms, all electronics, and everything they could. Nothing was on, and all the locks in the home were locked. There was no explanation for what just happened. The same voice often says hello when the couple wake, uh, walks up to the stairs now as well. We saved the best story for last. This is from a family who moved into the area in 1976. They had the home that was at the end of the road. The road was known as Walk-Up Road. Their house was located left and was the third one before the end. The night that the family moved into the house, the husband went to get their last load of items. It was at this time that the house shook suddenly. It was if something was hitting the end of the house or like an earthquake. The wife was home with her two children and they laid in the hall and were so afraid to move. They they had just moved into their they had just moved in and there were no curtains on their windows at this time and there were no cell phones and their home had no phone. This uh, shocking occur. This shaking occurred seven times. The family had no idea about the stories in the graveyard that they were living on. The family soon discovered the stories. The family decided to leave for about nine years. To oh wait, they decided to live there for about nine years. They would uh, move again. During this time, they during this time, there were several houses in the area that shaking happened, and several occasions to all the houses in the area. So that sounds like a pretty, pretty spooky place too. Okay. Our next story. <laughs> Our next and last story is the Emily Morgan House in San Antonio. The first skyscraper west of the Mississippi awaits you along with some spiritual guests. Tour the Emily Morgan Hotel and explore haunted San Antonio. The Family Morgan Hotel in San Antonio had its grand opening in 1984. But the building has a history stretching back for more than a century, and it's not a rosy past. When you stay in this hotel, you might encounter a few unexpected guests. The Bloody Grounds the ground beneath the hotel is soaked with Texas' bloody history. The long barracks of the Alamo occupied the 
exit location of the Emily Mo- of the Emily Morgan. Hundreds of soldiers perished right below the comfortable beds of visitors. Some of the falling consider this a mockery and make it their final duty to terrify any anyone rash enough to disrespect the dead. Spanish curse uh, Spanish curses echo through the halls. And coach showers wake up guests late into the night. And in 1924, the its beautiful Art Deco style building opened as the state of the Art Medical Art Center. Within these walls were doctors, dentists, and everything in between. Rumors had it that the basement level, <coughs> excuse me housed <clears throat> oh housed those suffering from physical conditions they were locked away far from the eyes of the public well back then it was sad if people had a problem they would ship them to these places because they were like ashamed of them so if they was different in any way they got shamed upon the medical arts building also housed a crematorium. Death was a constant presence in this building, and it's no surprise that the sink has there the that it's no surprise that stick has remained for so long. Let's just say that smoky scene in the air. Is not a pleasant wood fire. The woman in white. One. One parent. Uh, one prominent guest. Is the woman in white. The staff cannot agree on her outfit. Some say it's a wedding gown. Others say it's a hospital robe. But they all agree she is. A constant presence in the hotel. She is often spotted at the end of the long hallway, staring intensely into guest eyes before suddenly running uh, running around a corner and disappearing. She has never hurt anyone, but is sure to give a fright to first-time visitors. They say no, they say you can capture a soul, a lost soul. And the woman in and the woman in white is no has no direction. While the haunted nature of the hotel is an open is an open secret, knowledge knowledge does not make you immune. If you want to scare yourself, set the alarm for three a.m. and head up to the fourteenth floor, as quietly and as slow as you can. Tiptoe to the end of the hallway. Keep your eyes open. And make sure to watch your back. However, or whatever you encounter may want to greet you. Hmm. So, if anyone's down there in San Antonio, let me know if y'all ever been there or anything. Well, guys, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you didn't get too scared. 
Just want to say thanks again for everybody who always listens. Thank you to my followers, my loyal people. Sorry for that burp. And just want to say thanks. And tonight, I'm really going to try to do a live uh, podcast. Just kind of talk to my fans a little bit on the uh, Ghost Stories YouTube page. So, if you're not busy tonight, I'll send an alert out on my Facebook page, Ghost Stories Told from the South. Go check that out, and I'll let y'all know. But tonight, it should be around 9-ish, 9 or 10 the latest. So, I would like to interact with you guys more and stuff like that. And like I said, if you want to leave a comment, go ahead, guys. Give me some five-star reviews. If you want to leave something negative, go ahead. I don't care. If you want to leave something good, hey, thank you. But until next time, guys, until next uh, next week, till next story time, it's been great. It's been fun. But we will see you later, and y'all have a great week. Don't be too scared now. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>